0: Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to A View from the Bullens in partnership with the Fitrovia Bell London, our official away day pub for all Evertonians. And fanscapes.co.uk. Made by fans for fans.
1: If Nuno was talking about going to Palace and Palace are talking to him, would Everton turn his head? Uh, undeniably, yeah, of course it is. Everton's a bigger club. Everton's a bigger club. I mean, no dis- there's no dispute in that, And I'm, you know, of course I'm died in the Wall Palace, but it's unarguable that Everton are a bigger club. You know, when they're going to build a new stadium, they've got a bigger livery, bigger set of achievements, they're a bigger football club. Yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins, with me, Mick Kemp, Lee McLean and Benwin Stanley. Lee, it's been two weeks since Carlo Ancelotti left Everton Football Club. I know a lot of fans are probably getting a little bit frustrated now and a bit impatient with the wait. What are your thoughts on that? Are you happy with Everton maybe taking their time?
0: Yeah, I am, Mick. I think if you cast your mind back to the first podcast we did after Ancelotti left, I was quite vocal in saying I hope we didn't rush the process and we did our due diligence and we, it was a very considered approach. And I think, well, obviously, that's the approach that's being taken uh, by the club. You know, there's certainly not being a rush. I think there's obviously several candidates in the background that have been approached or have approached us. Um, and we're, we're taking our time because we'd be foolish not to have learned from mistakes of the past and the, the poor appointments that we've made absolutely including the last one which turned out to be a terrible appointment um so i'm all for it i'm all for it if that's what these people in these positions are paid to do and they've got a massive responsibility to represent the club and all of us as fans and get this next appointment absolutely right so i'm pleased i didn't expect it to take this long i didn't expect two weeks to have passed and we're still probably, we're all just guessing at the minute as to who's the front runner and such. Um, you know, I know the weekend just gone, it looked like Nuno was a cert, but now maybe it doesn't look like it. It is an absolute cert, it's all a little bit up in the air. But at the same time, yeah, of course, you can't help but be a little bit worried. Well, I suppose worries a little bit too strong, but, you know, half an eye on the amount of work that needs doing on the squad. And, you know, you want someone to get in there and, and start working on that but at the same time you've got other positions at the club such as Marcel Brands and you know you start to think just how important is the manager going to be in making these decisions and can we get ahead of the game before someone's even appoint- appointed with some of these signings um and I know we've been linked with a couple so maybe it's not absolutely integral to our uh, transfer dealings but no to answer your question um I'm actually Quite comforted by the fact that we've we've taken this time. It shows that possibly we've learned from our mistakes, which hasn't always been the case with with Everton when it comes to certain things. Um, and let's just hope you know in the next couple of days we get you know a piece of news and you know we'll will hear from the person who's been successful on the club and I'm sure they'll share the reasons why you know whatever appointment um, that gets made has been made. And when that does happen, it's all up to all of us to. Get behind the man, like I've said um, from the off, because it's uh, counterproductive to do anything else but that.
1: And before we go into too much detail, do you do you have a little bit of sympathy with the Everton board? I mean, we look at the current crop of candidates that are available; they do kind of divide opinion, don't they?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, Lee summarised it really well. Then uh, some really, really good points. But the Everton board, as as Lee said, this is probably the biggest managerial appointment the club are going to make in the, the, the next few years, definitely going forward. And whoever it is, obviously we all thought Nuno was done last Friday with the likes of Dom King and Fabrizio Romano copying the Dom King tweet and telling the world that Nuno was pretty much done. But by the sounds and the shockwaves that are coming out now, that was quite a bit of false news coming from Nuno's camp, maybe to try potentially force um, the Everton board to actually offer them the contract. They seem quite confident, but the Everton board's today obviously with the Liverpool Echo article have basically said no that's not true he is in the frame but we are taking our time which it is good to see um, it makes you think that maybe Ma'shiri isn't leading it, maybe Marcel Brands, obviously taking his time, weighing up the options because like I said on other podcasts you look at the past four Everton managers and the average a bit less than 18 months in charge and Ronald Koeman a year and 130 days We forget about Big Sam don't want to talk about him but Marco Silva a year and 188 days Carlo Ancelotti a year and 162 days we cannot keep on going through managers as we have been it's five years five managers over the past five years and that isn't good for a squad going forward a manager can't come in and bring his squad onto the philosophy that he wants to involve in a football club so whoever comes in, Nick, is going to have a massive, massive game on their hands to um, so obviously get what they want because they've got Kuman's players, Allardyce players, Marco Silva's players, Ancelotti's players, probably the likes of Marcel Brands players that he's brought in as well. And it's he's it, got a really difficult job. So what I'd like to see from the club is when they finally do make a decision going forward is if they come out with a with a piece to say, here's the manager, he's going to get a three-year deal and he's going to see out, out his term. We're going to back him for the three years because whoever it is then, we, we back him then as, as a fan base, which we will, because some of the names getting flouted about I'm not too keen on. But when he becomes Everton manager, I will fight their corner no matter what. I don't care who it is. And I, I've got my preferences, which I know that will go on to in the rest of this podcast. But whoever comes in, I will fight their corner no matter what against other fan bases because he will then be our manager Um, and us Evertonians stick together and that's the philosophy that people want to come in and put in. But going back to the board, it's it's clear to see that there's different news outlets, different leaks from the board coming out here, there and everywhere. Obviously, is quite a bit of a a main player and all, but as Lee rightly touched on before in regards to the time it's taken, it is, it's frustrating, but it is refreshing to see that we're not rushing into a managerial appointment and we are actually going away, weighing up different options and drawing up as candidate shortlist. And clearly Nuno's camp thought it was done. We have other options, which, look, it could be a positive. Is Nuno still in the hot seat, So we say? I'd say he probably is. Obviously, there's clearly an issue with his backroom staff, which is no secret. Now, Blues, don't take this as gospel on here. This is just three lads talking about Everton Football Club and giving away our personal views. But it's quite well documented that the same issues happened at Crystal Palace and you probably think the same's happening at Everton Football Club. And is Big Duncan issue with him being assistant manager? We don't know. You might think Nuno said, I'm not having him on our team. I want my six guys coming in. So it's hard to discuss what's going on. It's, it's refreshing, it's frustrating, but it is nice to see that we are, we are taking our time I'm not rushing into things. So, yeah, the board have got a massive, massive decision, make going forward, and probably the biggest they've got for a number of years to come.
1: Mm, you're absolutely right. Lee, it, it looked like last week, like Ben just said, Nuno Espirito Santo was, was pretty much all but done. Um, and by all accounts, Farhad Mashiri was leading that charge alongside Jörg Mendes over the weekend and early this week. It seems now that like Marcel Brands has, has raised his hand and, and voiced concerns and almost had his say. How pleased are you now that Marcel brand seems to be speaking up?
0: Yeah, very pleased. We've we've all discussed it, haven't we? Again, over the you know, the course of the last couple of weeks that, you know, this is where we want to see Brand step up and step out of his own shadow, so to speak, and earn his money. He's just been given a new contract. You know, his role's quite well defined. This is his responsibility. It's not just player recruitment. He's he should have a, you know, a massive part of playing in, in who comes in. Because the manager and the players shouldn't be two completely separate entities. You've got to have some, we keep using this word, don't we, identity as a club. So the two have to go hand in hand. So when you've got an idea of a type of player you want to come in, that should be with half an eye on the type of manager that you've got managing them. And the same with the manager. You know, you look at the squad of players that you've got and you think, OK, you could come in and maybe work with these players or bring this player on or be, you know, able to identify the areas that need improving. These think they're not mutually exclusive you've got to that's where he comes in that's his job so I'm pleased that he's having more of an influence and more of a say um obviously with regards to Nuno Espirito Santo I think have have his demands just pushed Everton a little bit too far you know because Crystal Palace with respect are, are one thing you know because they're a good club um you know the nice club Crystal Palace I've always thought actually if I would live down in London I'd probably support them but you know they're not Everton and you know, you know I don't think he's he's going to get the same reaction from a F- football club as he as he's done with Crystal Palace um you know maybe we're going to be a little bit less tolerant and think actually no your demands aren't realistic and really this is a massive opportunity for you you need to show a little bit of leeway here and and you know relax some of your demands a little bit and Duncan Ferguson's a well respected highly thought of member of the of the furniture at Everton. Um, and, you know, maybe if it's a condition of Nuno coming in that he needs to stand aside, maybe Everton and Brands have taken issue with that and maybe they've now got half an eye on on other candidates or someone else has come to the fore. We just don't know. But either way, really pleased that Brands has stepped up. Um, and, and again, I take confidence in the fact that he's now really pushing himself to the front of the queue and go no, hang on. You know, I'm not just going to be, you know, overridden. You know, this is a decision I need to be, playing a massive part in. Um, and it wouldn't actually surprise me if, you know, I know Ben's saying there that Nuno's the the front-runner still, and, and he probably is, but I don't know. I've just got a little feeling in my waters, as they say, that we're going to see a little bit of a care ball coming our way in the next couple of days. I, I, now the way it's gone and the, the fact that it's gone so radio silent since the weekend that we're now coming towards the end of Tuesday. Um, it's it, it seeming less and less likely for me that it's going to be Nuno. I could be completely wrong. We'll have to just wait and see.
1: Mm, and the longer it does go on, you do begin to, to think that, Lee. You're absolutely right. Ben, just talking about Nuno Espirito-Santa, I mean, he was in, obviously, initial talks with Crystal Palace. Yorick Mendes was, was pushing that and then it went a bit quiet. By all accounts, it sounds like Nuno wasn't fully sold on the Crystal Palace dream and started to up his demands. And then in the meantime, Jörg Mendes was then talking to Farhad Mishirian and almost trying to twist his arm that way and trying to get Nuno through the Everton door. We all know that Nuno was further down the line than any other manager over the last week or so. So what's happened, do you think, over the weekend and, and Monday? Obviously, there was board meetings and so forth. Do you believe that it was the backroom staff that's maybe put a block on it at the moment and then Brands has stepped up and said, hold on, let's have a think?
2: Well, I I, I think, obviously this is just my opinion. Uh, Let's get this right. I, I do think that Mishiri was a massive fan of Nuno Espirito Santo. I think that was his choice. I feel like George Mendes might have been in his ear saying what we can and can't do further down the line. You look at players coming in and Maybe Mendes has played Masihi like a bit of a puppet. I don't know. Potentially, um, I just don't think Brands was completely sold on um, Nuno, and I think Brands fancies somebody else. Potentially, somebody like Rafa Benitez. But you, you start looking into Nuno's back um, his staff, and you've seen on the match today, and when we watch highlights from Wolves when they score, it's like a royal rumble. When I used to watch as a kid, there's about eighteen people celebrating, uh, uh, fist pumping the lot, which is great to see passion, but is it isn't really necessary and I just had a little look into obviously the backroom staff of Null, of Wolverhampton Wanderers and you look at um, the assistant manager is a fellow called Rui Pedro Silva who's worked at NUNA for a number of years. They've got two first-team coaches or they had two first-team coaches Ian Caffro and Julio Figueroa. and If I'm pronouncing these right uh, please let me know in the comments on Twitter. you have got a goalkeeper coach as well Rui Barbosa a fitness coach Antonio Diaz and a rehab coach which is Jao Lapa. So there's quite a lot of coaches and assistants and coaches for goalkeepers, for fitness, for rehab, assistant managers. Now, I get that a lot of opinions are needed, but that seems a bit excessive for me. I don't know how other clubs work. I haven't looked into it. Clearly, when we go back to Ancelotti, you had David Ancelotti and Ferguson was assistant and you maybe have a goalkeeper coach. But six members of staff that tend to follow Nuna around, plus. Duncan Ferguson is still at Everton Football Club. It makes you think seven backroom staff plus the manager himself. It seems a bit excessive. And Worst case scenario, Nuno's hired and it doesn't work out after 18 months. Let's say he hasn't improved, we we stay or make it again. You're not necessarily getting rid of two or three people. You're getting rid of six or seven. Now, when it comes to contracts and business matters, the payout, that you've got to pay out is massive, especially with the profit and loss sustainability that Everton are counting at the moment, then that's probably an unwanted um, fund that we want not have to pay out these contracts. That's maybe why we're potentially looking at a two-year deal for Nuno and his staff, and he might be pushing for a three-year deal, because if it's not working further down the line, then he could just take a bit of a, pay, a payout and get off. So, You don't really know what's going on at board level. But for me, a two-year deal probably make a lot more sense. You give them that 18-month period and after two years, it doesn't work. You say goodbye, contract's over. But we found in the past, Everton and contracts aren't really one to go for. Obviously, when um, Steve Walsh was here, we were offering massive five-year deals out on big wages. And look at us five years down the line. We didn't box clever early on. And the financial implications are hitting us now as a club where we're struggling for the profit and loss sustainability going forward and seeing us in the red by quite a lot. So it's not just the appointments that are probably causing the, the issues. You'll probably find the contract length, the wages, what Mendes wants to do. So there's going to be all sorts going on in the background for obviously Marcel Brands, Machiri, um all the other board members that obviously discuss and lay out. So it, it, they've got a massive few weeks coming up. I, I can probably say by this time next week, they might have had it sorted, but... We all thought after last last week, last Saturday, when the announcement came off of Dominic King, that oh, there we go, let's get behind the manager, the 3-4-3, three, 3-5-2 three, three, Nuno ball. And it looks like another care ball's coming to play. Obviously, TalkSport reported on it today and other news outlets about the the, the, the talks have actually stalled uh, and other managers are being considered. So, you just don't know. You, you look at, obviously, Gautier, which I listened in while I was away in the podcast, Lee, yourself and Borley, did Nick? It? it was brilliant. It was really insightful. Good to listen to. Uh, Got you really really up for, obviously, Galsier coming in for a long-term philosophy, for developing youth players, for staying at a club for long periods of time. So, for me, he screams out. Um, You look at some people on Twitter and believe he's interested, but Evan have not made an approach as of yet. But that all might change. He might fancy the job and he, we might go in for him last minute. Maybe he said something over the weekend and say, oh, maybe I, I do fancy it and what can you do for me? You just don't know. It, it can change in a heartbeat. Football is a business at the end of the day. And if another man throws his hand in um, near enough last minute of a deal, which is probably more beneficial for the club, then they are going to stall talk and they are going to go, hold on a minute. Why don't we wait to see if we can progress this deal? You just wait there. Let me just talk to him. And maybe Nuno's camp got a bit frustrated about that. Maybe they leaked the news again to talk sport on their outlets today, basically trying to either force Everton's hand for a bit of embarrassment amongst the fans or what. But I think it's a positive. Maybe they took a step back. We've had some really advanced talks with Nuno over the, over the weekend. And fingers crossed, somebody else comes back in. Um, obviously, Rafa's name's back in the mix again. To your delight, myth. Obviously, tactically, Rafa is probably a really good manager, but it's just the links to, Ever- to uh, Liverpool Football Club, which will be the returning point. If you're talking football aspects, tactical, managerial aspects, you- you'd go Rafa all day. But it's going to be hard for some Evertonians to obviously back Rafael Benitez, obviously due to the past comments and firm connection to Liverpool Football Club. But he has done some really good work with the City. Um, obviously for the obviously the justice for the 96 campaign as well. He, he has embraced the football club, but it, it's all about if you can back him or not. And my thoughts on Rafa is he's a brilliant manager. But if he gets too bad results on the bounce, especially at home, then the fans will turn quickly and not give him an, give him an inch. And it could become quite toxic. But I'm just Benwin Stanley from the Widow. So what do I know? But that's who I stand on it all,
1: Mick. Lee, let's not just get away from Nuno just yet. He's clearly not out the running yet. He is still in the running, by all accounts, from what we know. If they can get over what looks like a stumbling block regarding the backroom staff and they can come to some sort of agreement at board level regarding Nuno Espirito Santo, do you think the fans will be reasonably happy if he was announced?
0: Well... If I hear Ben right then, did he say Dua Lipa was the goalkeeping coach? I think the fans would be absolutely <laughs> made up. <laughs> I'd um, be made up with that one. I'd be, I'd be right behind the appointment, put it that way. Um, I hope he misses, isn't listening. But anyway, um, no, yeah, listen, when we spoke about this last week and we all thought it was Nuno all the way and it, and it was sort of heading towards him being uh, appointed the new manager, I think we, we said, didn't we, we've just got to get behind him. The, the concerns are with him. That his style of play is quite negative, Um, so I think that would worry me in terms of Everton fans' expectations. We've just gone through at least half a season, maybe a little bit more, three quarters of a season of some really dour, negative football. You know, we've talked about it. I'm sick and tired of speaking about it, to be honest. But the, you know, was it the two goals against those awful teams? You know, throughout the eight losses that we suffered at home last season two goals during those games, that's absolutely pitiful. You know, we weren't creating chances. You know, we weren't on the front foot. We were never sort of territorially dominant in games, especially at home where you'd expect us to be. So, you know, if he was to come in and carry on that sort of style of football and, you know, Evertonians, you know, we're back in the ground and we're having to put up with that week in, week out. You know, how long is that going to be, you know, accepted for? I don't think Evertonians will tolerate that. Very very long. Um, obviously, he's come off the back of a poor season with with Wolves, so again, that might not do him any favors in terms of patience with the fans, uh, because fa- football fans are fickle and they've got short memories. We, you know, we, we're all we we've all been guilty of it in the past, um, and you, you just worry. And plus, he's not a massive name; he's not coming with a big reputation. And for a lot of people, it'll be oh well, we're going from Carlo Ancelotti, a massive name, to. To someone like him, who's who's coming from a side that have finished below Everton in the Premier League, so it's not it's not a risk-free appointment in terms of the fan base, and I don't think you can say with any degree of confidence that it's going to be universally accepted because it won't. All we can do is sort of podcast, and you know people people do listen to us as sort of plea and say, "Come on, you know you've, you've got to get behind," them because what's the point in doing anything but you know we, we've got to try and be united because. Of, like I've said before, a unified and together Everton uh, set of fans is something really, really powerful and it's something that I think influences things on the pitch. We've seen the the flip side of that when the fans are divided and I'm thinking Wembley in 2016 is the biggest example I can think of. You know, It has the opposite effect so we've just got to get behind him if he does come in Um, because don't forget he he did a really, really good job at Wolves before uh, injuries hit him and, and bad fortune you know he took them from you know a really really low position into Europe, Europe and semi-finals and, and a final, I believe as well. So he's got credentials behind him. But obviously you, the most recent memory of him is is a poor season at Wolves. So I don't think that does him any favors. But listen, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but as I say, as the time goes on and as, as the week progresses, uh, it becomes less and less likely that it is going to be him appointed.
1: Ben, moving away from Nuno, like we've said, he is still in the hunt. Moving away from Nuno, Rafael Benitez has cropped up yet again. And, and I know I've, I've done a tweet and put my neck up the lot on a little bit regarding Rafael Benitez. Um, you know, he did have a meeting with Everton Football Club. He did impress. What were your thoughts on Rafael Benitez? Um, like I just touched on before, that there's no doubting that he is a
2: really good manager. Um, footballing-wise, he probably is a brilliant manager. He's won a lot of things, um, did well at everywhere he's been. Um, Newcastle fans absolutely loved him thought he got a, a really good sound out of the uh, a bad squad but it, it's always that, that you look over your shoulder and he's got them links to Liverpool Football Club and I, I know if he becomes our manager he really will embrace our football club and if he does become our manager As I said before, I will back him, I will fight for him and he will then be one of us for me. You'll find some Evertonians that will just not accept him whatsoever and it could cause some rifts in the crowd and the stands with fans on Twitter and social media and pretty sure the board will be aware of that. Um, He did obviously call us a small club back in the day and I know Gillen Balague has said that he didn't mean that. He says we play like a small team quite defensively and it was taken out of context but Evertonians, don't forget, we're like elephants. We've got a memory to last years, um, and when it's going to be hard to forgive him. But look, if he comes and he wins or stuff, brilliant. But he, like I said before, if you have two or three bad results where the football's not been great, like, let's be honest, Ancelotti had this year. If he had a home form like that, then, then Benitez would be gone uh, within weeks because we're not going to give him an inch. Um, which is probably maybe unfair, and he may be tasked and destined to fail, which would be quite. It's hard. It, it's just a hard one, is looking at him because if you if you're going to compare the two in relation to football and Nuno and Rafa, you probably would go Rafael Benitez all day. You look at like say Crystal Palace were looking for the manager, which they are, and they had them two names. They'd be going all out for Rafael Benitez. That is who we want at our football club because. He is a really, really good manager. He's managed some of the biggest teams in the world. Obviously, Real Madrid and et cetera. But it's just not aspiring. And you just can't get, you just can't bring yourself up to do that tweet. And you just know what's coming from Liverpool fans. You just know we're going to be subject to a lot of abuse. But look, whoever it is, Mick, I will back. I will fight for, I will tweet about, I will give them my 110% because that's what we do as Evertonians. We will never let you fight on your own, but it's going to be a difficult, monumental challenge. And obviously, me and you have a lot of talks about Benitez, and you tell me your side of things, and you are very pro Benitez. Which, do you know what? A lot of for, for footballing fans and tactical aspects and intelligent people like yourself, Mick, will because he is a good manager. Let's not get it. Let's not get it right wrong here. He is a good manager, but if he didn't have them connections with Liverpool, I'd say Rafa Benitez in a heartbeat, but. It does and it's hard to get away from that but we just hope as Evertonians we can maybe get over that and I'd be interested to hear like obviously yourself and Lee's thoughts on says because it's just it's a really difficult one it's like cat 22 isn't it you're gonna say one thing and you might think the other but it's really difficult for me Mick.
1: Yeah I, I understand that and that's like what I've said on previous podcasts I think we as a football club we have to look beyond the Liverpool connection you know Everton are in a they're in a tough spot right now, let's be honest. You know, there's not a lot of quality managers available and probably not a lot of quality managers that would be willing to come to Everton given the current state that we're in. So you look at Rafael Benitez, there's no doubt about it. He's a tactician. He's a very clever man. Was he at Liverpool? Yes. Do you have to look beyond that? It's football. Yes, I think we do. Would we look? The way I always think about it, guys, is, you know, say an ex-Liverpool player, say he's a fantastic player. Would you mind signing him? you take him all day. Just because it's a manager, it's the same thing. It's football. People say Rafa Benitez is a dinosaur. I look at his time at Newcastle United and I know I said it on a previous podcast, Newcastle's biggest regret for me over the last 10 to 15 years was not backing Rafa Benitez. We all know what Newcastle United football club are like with all due respect at times. It's a bit of a basket case. Mike Ashley must be an absolute nightmare to work with on a daily basis. And, you know, if they can save £10 here and there, they do. That's what they're like, unfortunately, under Mike Ashley. And you only have to ask, ask, ask Newcastle fans what they thought of Rafa Benitez and they absolutely adored him. So, Lee, looking at Rafa Benitez, if Everton were to appoint Rafa, do you think Everton fans should look beyond the Liverpool connection? I certainly do. And think, you know what, he is a very, very good manager.
0: Yeah, I think it just makes us look a little bit silly and small-time if we didn't. Um, like you've just rightly said, Mick, you're spot on. Um, I remember being eight years old and my dad coming in with the echo to say, "Even the time, Peter Beardsley." And I, I, it's a, it's like a flashbulb memory for me because I was that excited because he was an unbelievable player. Like I did, I didn't really think about where, what club we were signing him from. I was like, "Oh my God, we're getting Peter Beardsley." Um, so you, you've got to look past that. You're right. It, this, you know, there's not that much difference. A player, a manager, whatever it is, football is part of the game. You look at appointments all over the world. There's, there's managers, players who move from rival to rival and, and bring success. Everton's, Everton and Everton fans' priority now, and I know I can only speak for myself and I know you too as well, I don't care who we've got managing our football club or playing for our football club for that matter as long as they bring us success. And if, if whoever's in charge and whoever's on that pitch results in a day out in February or May, next year down at Wembley in the sun and it leads to our captain walking up them steps and lifting up a shiny silver thing. Do you think we're all going to go, well, I might not clap here because, you know, he used to manage Liverpool or, you know, it's not going to happen, is it? So you've just got to use your common sense. So, yes, he said a few things. You know, he was the manager of our rivals. If if he was a manager saying that about them, we'd all, you know, think he was great. So you've just got to be a little bit grown up and mature about things and think it's in the past it was a long time ago has it been taken out of context possibly although I doubt it I, I think it, it did mean that but I actually don't care um, my concern with him wouldn't be the fact that he's managed Liverpool it would be is his star fading a little bit in the same way Ancelotti's clearly was as he's got the hunger you know he's gone to China you know what is motivation now? You know, would he come to Everton at his age and at the stage of his career and put absolutely everything into it? You'd like to think a man of his, you know, credentials and and of his standing in the game, and his personality, you'd like to think he would. But that would be the only question mark for me. Otherwise, apart from that, I'd be. I think that'd be a good appointment. I prefer him over Nuno.
1: Ben, would you prefer Rafa over Nuno or Nuno over Rafa?
2: Uh, I. Prefer Nuno over Rafa, personally. I just think it would just be toxic. I think it would be a toxic atmosphere. Um, I would go for Nuno for a fresh start because let's look, at, it, especially his Valencia days and his Wolves days, the first two years, he's normally very good. Mm. Um, he got a tune out of Valencia and then it faded in the third year where Gary Neville replaced him. And then, obviously, at Wolves, the same happened again. He got a, a tune, obviously, backed by Mendes. But let's, let's get it right. If you asked me 18 months ago, about obviously Marco Silva when he left and you would have said Nuno uh, Santos is in the frame, I would have snapped your hand off in the in heartbeat. Uh, he's had a bad season. Uh, maybe he's got a bit found out, let's be honest. But he, he did lose Jota late on. Uh, Neto, been brilliant, but obviously had a few injuries. And you take Raul Jimenez out the, the question and he's one of your biggest scorer. And I don't think they bought particularly well even, Mick. I think obviously they bought um, Jose William from Spain and he didn't hit the ground running and Obviously, was it Adrian Silva or whatever his name Fabio was. Silva, foot, yeah, Fabio yeah. Silva. Then he didn't hit the ground running, bought two lads who couldn't hit a barn door. And I think that cost them. And obviously, you look at like some of the stats that have come out, and they haven't been very favourable towards Wolves. But look, the past two years they've been in Europe, and he's took Wolves to the quarterfinal of the Europa League um, a lot better than we've done over the past five years, far fairer than what we've done. So for me, I, w- I would get behind Nuno. I think it would be an all-right appointment. But like I said, it, if, if history repeats itself, then you look at your two-year contract and go from there because you might get found out in that third year and we might be paying out big money to, go, um, to get him in. Obviously, my number one would be Gautier. I said this from day one. Um, he would be brilliant. But obviously, like you said, it might be between Nuno and Rafa now. Um, and I just don't think the likes of Big Dunk should get the job. Um, I just don't think he's ready, as I've said on previous podcasts. But
1: yeah, Nuno over after for me, Mick. Yeah, one, one final thing with Nuno, which we will leave with the listeners, and this was always my concern regarding him. I'm, you know, Ben, you're absolutely right. 18 months ago, he'd have been a, an absolute fantastic pickup. He was doing excellent at Wolves. I just feel now, if he was still at Wolves, would Everton be interested in him? I don't personally think we would be. And I think we'd be very underwhelmed if we were, given the season that he's just had. Anyway, Lee, moving away, moving away from Nuno, Gaultier, he still hasn't officially joined Nice. By all accounts, he is apparently or rumoured to be interested in the Everton project. I know last time we spoke, you were you were a big advocate for him and you thought he was just a ticket. Do you still think he is?
0: Yeah, same as Ben. He's my, clearly my number one. Um, I think he ticks all of our boxes and, you know, if the rumours are to be believed and And he is interested in the Everton project and this job. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's please, please, you know, please, if anyone's listening of any standing, go out and get this guy. He, you know, his personality seems exactly what we need. You know, the players look like they'll run through brick walls for him. He's got loyalty. He, you know, he he clearly improves players and including, you know, the youth. Um, You know, he's brought success to, to teams who have been starved of it in the past speaks English oh, come on you know Evan, please, You know, if you've got you know if you if you are listening if you've got your finger on the pulse and you're listening to the opinion of the fan base this is the one that is going to unify us this is the one that isn't going to divide the fan base I think everyone would get behind that decision um, I'd be really really made up and pleasantly surprised if over the next couple of days we we can somehow get him over the line and get him in um, so, yeah, I'm all for him, Mick. I just hope these rumours are true and that one's not dead in the water because I think that could be a huge appointment and he it, it, it would fit us like a glove, I think.
1: Ben, what are your thoughts on on Goldtia? Um, Obviously, while I was
2: away, I listened to the podcast, obviously you, Lee, Borley and yourself, Mick, and it just it was really interesting to obviously hear a lot more in depth. Obviously, I knew about him, but not really loads about him. and. He's a he's a manager that comes in with his philosophy as 442, but he develops youth as well. And he's really interested in the project and long-term development of the football club. And he stabilizes football clubs. And for me, we're in a state of madness. Let's let's not beat around the bush here. Everton are up and down. And we need that calm, level headed manager to get us back on track because We've had the most manic few years under Machiri. Um, It's just money spent and we're just getting worse. Just, it just doesn't make any sense. But I think that's because we're not getting a real identity about us. We're not really settling for a manager. But what Lee said there, if they come out tomorrow and said Gautier is, is our manager, the fan base would be united and be absolutely over the moon. A born winner who's shown he can do it, obviously, at the two French clubs he's been at. Um, obviously, what he's did with Lille this year was remarkable, especially in a league where you've got Paris Saint-Germain spending mega money on Neymar and Bappe. Moise Ken, throw his name in there. But like I said, it, he performed miracles this year with Lille. Really, really good, good, solid manager. And he's there for the project. I know we've talked about it before, but he would be there. He, he, he On average, is four or five years at a football club and, you look at Leo's players, how they've run. Obviously, they're somehow still um, cash stricken, but he he brought these players and developed them on, and they've got big money. For obviously, you like your likes of Nicola Pepe, for example, sold for seventy two million for Arsenal, and he's invested yet, yeah, but not loads. He hasn't had the backing either, so he has got a philosophy about him, likes his four four two football and the players will run through brick brick walls for him because he must be such an inspirational coach. He's rightfully come out and said himself that he w- needs to work on his English. He can speak a little bit of English. But obviously when obviously Get French Football News tweeted that last week that he was going to Nice, that we were absolutely gutted. But nothing's been done. He's obviously given his word to them, but no contract's been signed. Obviously a gentleman's agreement only, and obviously it broke the... The hold-up in that deal was the £6 million, to £8 million that the the club had to pay to obviously purchase him for compensation. Now, for me, that just screams, get it done, Machiri, get him paid, get him to us before they can come to some sort of agreement. Well, whereas Nuno Santos, for me, where I would back him, seems best of the rest and an easy option for Everton and the Everton board. He's clearly got no club and there'll be no compensation to pay for anyone else. Are we that cash-stricken? Don't know. In full depth, obviously we had the the Bullens boardroom where we discussed it in depth. Do we have £6 million to play with? I don't know. Um, What other clauses come with the uh Galtier backroom, does he have a big backroom staff? I don't know. I don't know amazingly enough about him, but what you said on the last podcast and doing a bit of research about him and the achievements he's done over the past few years with the two clubs where I think he obviously saved Lille from relegation to then take them progressive every single year to then go and win the league. Just speaks volumes of the man himself, so he would be my number one choice. He's who I wanted the club and if Moshiri, if you're listening, then he is the one we want because I honestly think the ballroom checks Twitter when news breaks and goes, have you seen the chaos and carnage on here amongst the fans? Because it's just how they change their mind and how they delay stuff. It just makes you think, doesn't it? Um, sounds a bit mad saying that, but you just never know, do you, with Everton Football Club? You really don't because of the past manic few, uh, few years. But yeah, he's my number one choice, Mick. It'd be an absolute club wild card to get him in. It'd be brilliant for the club and it will definitely unite the fans.
1: Mm, yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. He, he did a fantastic job in France. Lee, like I say, it has been two weeks now and as it currently stands, we are still in a little bit of limbo regarding a couple of managers. Do you just now probably call for a bit of patience amongst the Evertonians and just think, you know what, Marseille Brands is at least trying to, you know, have a say and, and take the lead on this and just have a little bit of patience whilst the Euros are on and, and let them do their business?
0: Yeah, um, and to be fair I don't know what Ben or your thoughts on this you know when I, I, the vibe I'm getting when I'm on Twitter and you know Evertonians are not shy and coming forward I'm not picking up that much frustration from the fan base in terms of the the length of time it's taken there's no absolute you know crying out for why isn't it done already you know hurry up this is ridiculous Everton you're incompetent all of that I think people are are in the same headspace as we are today in terms of I'm glad that we're taking our time. It's actually giving people a little bit more confidence and reassurance that we're not just doing an Everton and getting the first person that we think of and not doing our due diligence and you know worrying that it's going to come back and bite us on the backside in in twelve, eighteen months, two years, whatever it may be. So I think Evertonians, I know, I know we we've, we've got high expectations, but you know there, there used to be a saying, you know that we were the most knowledgeable fan base around. So you know we, we know our stuff. And I think, you know, we're not stupid and we're aware of the mistakes that have been made. So I think there is more patience around uh, at the minute. I know certainly with me, there's no panic stations. I'm, I'm more just intrigued. And I think that's everyone's just like, oh, I wonder what's going on. Um, so I'm glad they're keeping the cards close to the chest and they're doing things in the right way. So, yeah, get all I'd urge people to do is just carry on being patient and trust the process. I don't think it's going to be much longer now.
1: Ben, are you happy that Everton are taking their time and Machiris and Brands, you know, are doing it together at the moment and, like I say, doing their due diligence and hopefully we will get the right man in doing so?
2: Yeah, just touched on your point there, Lee. It it is interesting to the fact that no one, generally no one, has got a clue this time round. Obviously, there's murmurs here and there, but it changes on a day-to-day basis and journalists are fighting with one another, trying to obviously get their info and intel across. You look at... Uh, Phil Kilbride from The Echo, Dominic King, Fabrizio Romano and Jay Baer from the telegraph They're all going at it. They're all putting their spins on it. And I feel like that no one's got a clue, which is a credit to Marcel Brands because Everton are normally like a sieve for information, to be fair, especially around transfers and all the stuff. And I think they probably, I think he came out and said, didn't he, last year that he was a bit annoyed about how, how much information was getting leaked out of the club. And fingers crossed that he can take his time get it done. And as Lee said, we're just getting on with our lives. I think the Euros is probably a good time to be on because we can just concentrate on the footy and watch some interesting football matches instead of worrying about Evan. Because we just, they need to take the time. We've had over the past few years, Rushed appointments, which I spoke about earlier on in the podcast. And I thought that they, yeah, he's the right man. I want him, back him, get him in the shit, get it done. And we've got it done and it hasn't worked. So it just shows that sometimes who the, fam, the fans want doesn't necessarily mean it's the right choice for Everton because the manager that comes in has got to get Everton and Everton have got to get the manager. They've got to come on some sort of uh, mutual ground where the fans can back them, they get the club, they get the the people, the fans, the city and they really embrace us as a football club going forward. So yeah, I am glad that it is taking some time. Um, It's just mad to see obviously the journalists scrapping all the time on Twitter and coming out with different stuff and which is a credit to the club because, like I said, no one has a clue. We can quite rightly agree that, obviously, it was Nuno's camp leaking the news last Friday, Saturday to, obviously, Dom King and other journalists, that was clearly from their side, whereas Everton have come out today and gone, that's not the case at all, we're still taking our time, we're still interviewing other candidates, and I think it is quite clear to see that it still might be Nuno. I'm not ruling him out altogether. Um, I still think it potentially probably will be him, but it's just nice to see that we're just taking a step back we're going to do this on our terms. We're not going to be rushed into anything. And if it is you, it's you. That's you, Nuno. You've got the job. Or, no, we're just going to just do a bit of deliberation between us as a football club, as a board, and just see, is this the right man? Are we all 100% behind this man going forward? And it's quite refreshing to see, because normally, as we all know, as Evertonians, Mishiri, will just go mad and go, right, that's it. He's our man. Get him in within like a week or two, week to 10 days. It's done. Yeah, he's our man. Done. And I think maybe Brands just brings this coolness about him to say, right, we know you want him. This is the other candidates. These are the other ones who are interested in the job. Let's just take a second. Let's just take a breather and get it right for the Evertonians, for the fans, for the club, and for all who follow the club up and down, um, the country supporting them, because it's got to be right all around, Nick, and that's my views on it.
1: No, I, I absolutely agree with you, mate. I do think that Everton taking their time, it is a good thing, and it means, you know, I know you spoke previously, I think it was, it was yourself, Ben, about one voice in the boardroom ultimately making that final decision. And over the weekend, we obviously thought Mashiri had his way. Um, but it obviously now seems that Brands and Mashiri are now talking at the moment and taking their time, taking a step back and assessing who is available, the situation, maybe interviewing a couple of more candidates, which is, which is great news, isn't it, Lee? I mean, previously, like we spoke about, Mashiri has probably been a little bit impulsive with his decisions and a, a little bit rash, At least this time, even if they do get it wrong, they can say, well, look, we took two, three, four weeks. We did our due diligence and we did our very, very best to get the right man. And sometimes it's all you can ask for, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So, you know, he's learned from his mistakes. I've I've said this before. He's a very, very successful businessman coming into the football club. He's not, you know, he's not a very, very successful football person. He's not got a background in football. Um, So he shouldn't be making those decisions. He should be as a as a businessman. He should know that you have people in place in your company or your business who are charged with making decisions about certain areas of um, of your business. Um, and Marcel Brands, it should be his his decision on which manager comes in, what style of play we adopt, type of players we have, our approach to youth, all of this. That's his job. So. You know the sign of a good leader is is you know letting the, letting people do the job you know, you know good delegation you know trusting the talent that you've got in your, in your pool of people. so that seems to be what's happening now and it's refreshing because that's not always been the case and I think Mashiri's tried to I don't think he's got malice or real real bad intentions I just think he's shown some naivety in the last few years with certain appointments where he's gone for the big name or, or whatever, and he thought that was the right thing to do. And at the time, it seemed like it was, but obviously it's not worked out that way. So for me, I'm just pleased that he's he's learning to take a step back and trust brands and, um, you know, consider his opinions and his thoughts. And I think, well, hopefully the result of that will be a more considered appointment and someone who, who, who's the right fit. You know, so not just looking at the CV, but, you know, the man, the personality, you know, you know, what, what, what is long-term ambition? You know, everything's got to be right. Um, so I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really positive thing and it's a step away from the mistakes that we've made in the last, what, well, three, four years. So it can only be a good thing for me, Mick.
1: And there we go, guys. We are two weeks in. We said I don't have a manager. However, there is still a little bit of murmuring here and there. Nuno's in the box seat, as we said. Rafa Benitez is back in the mix. Christophe Gaultier is still in the mix amongst a few others. Over the next few days or week, we will hopefully have the news that we've all been hoping for. In the meantime, stay safe, take care, and enjoy the Euros. Thank you.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game
1: without blowing your budget?